The 2023 legislative session here in Maine finally wrapped up this week, more than a month later than originally planned. It was an unusual session in other respects as well, with some notable policy victories for progressives, but also tensions at times between the Democrats who run the legislature and Democratic Governor Janet Mills. So we're bringing in Maine Public State House correspondent Kevin Miller to walk us through what was accomplished this session, what wasn't, and what it all means. So, Kevin, the House and Senate wrapped up very late, something like 5 a.m. on Wednesday morning. But are they actually done for the year? Well, let's hope so. Um, Some of us have actually started referring to this as the zombie session or the session that that just won't die because (laughs) it's dragged on with these spurts of activity followed by hours, days or even kind of weeks of not much happening. You know, I've I've been around the state house off and on for almost 20 years now, and I will just say that this session seemed more disorganized than most. But to your question of are they really and truly done, we've been told that the full legislature won't meet again until next year. There are plenty of commissions and and boards and things like that, and there'll be some interim meetings among committee members. But unless they're called back into some sort of special session for some reason, uh, the full legislature probably won't be back till January. So, Kevin, staying on this week's session just for a little bit longer, what did they accomplish this week? Well, they failed to override the governor's vetoes on two bills. Uh, One dealt with foreign spending in ballot campaigns. And uh, because they failed to override it, we're actually going to vote on that in November as as a ballot initiative. And then the other bill aimed to set a minimum wage for farm workers. Uh, Those weren't big surprises because neither of those bills had passed with veto-proof margins. They also passed a big offshore wind bill. There was a lot of activity in this late in the session, and the governor vetoed an offshore wind bill because she didn't like the language in there that would have guided most of the jobs towards union uh, workers. But they came to an agreement that passed, and all parties seemed okay with it. Lawmakers also found money for a long overdue overhaul of the bottle bill program. And they actually increased the governor's salary from $70,000, which is the lowest in the nation, to $125,000 a year. And then they agreed to let voters decide on whether to resume printing sections of Maine's constitution that deal with the state's obligations to honoring treaties with the tribes. Those That language is still in effect, but it's not actually printed for various reasons. And then finally, uh, lawmakers also agreed to send voters another ballot initiative that asks whether we want to revert back to the old pine tree state flag or some version of it or stick with the current one uh, that features the state seal. Let's also just take a broader view of this session. A lot did happen over the course of the last few months. Um, What did the legislature ultimately achieve? Well, I'd say two issues that will have the biggest or the broadest impact are passage of of paid family and medical leave law and then investments in the state's child care infrastructure. Starting in in a few years, many employers will have to start offering up to 12 weeks of paid time off to workers so they can care for a family member who's sick or to bond with a newborn or if they have a new new adopted child. Maine was actually one of the last states in New England to pass a paid family medical leave law. Um, On the child care front, the legislature found $30 million, I believe, to double the wage stipend for workers in order to keep more of them in the field and to make it more attractive to new workers. And they also expanded the eligibility window for families to qualify for subsidies for child care. Of course, the, the bill to lift restrictions on abortions in the latter stages of pregnancy received a lot of attention, and that was a big win for abortion rights supporters. But lawmakers also put tens of millions of dollars into affordable housing programs. 
And that, I think one thing that got some attention, but not as much, is the changes they made to how our highway and our bridge maintenance programs are funded. Uh, this is going to provide uh, a few hundred million dollars uh, to to road maintenance, which is, of course, something that anyone who drives will probably notice. Yeah, wow. So definitely, you know, a number of notable policies there. But I know that there were a lot of other issues that were also discussed this session. I guess what were some of the other issues that that didn't end up passing? One of the biggest was obviously the bill to ensure that the four Wabanaki tribes here in Maine have automatic access to any laws that pass Congress that apply to other federally recognized tribes. Governor Mills successfully vetoed it, despite the fact that the bill actually passed with veto-proof margins in the House and Senate. We saw quite a few culture war battles over book bans and what content should be taught in the schools. Those were mostly brought forward by Republicans, and they were defeated by the, by the Democrats. And then there were a whole bunch of gun control measures that didn't go anywhere. Yeah, it's interesting to note, too, about that tension between the governor's office and the legislature that's happening, even though Democrats, they hold they hold the, the House, the Senate, also the Blaine House as well. So what were some of the biggest disagreements that, that we saw there? Clearly, the the disagreement on the tribes bill was probably the highest profile. Uh, House Speaker Rachel Talbot Ross, it was her bill, but also Senate President Troy Jackson. He was a major proponent, but they couldn't get it around Governor Mills, who raised concerns about the bill having broad impacts on what regulations would apply on land strap Maine. So there were some pretty high-profile intra-party fights dealing with union workers. I mentioned that offshore wind bill. Uh, there was also the farm workers bill that unions were strongly supportive and our Democratic governor did not support. And then there was a lot of just behind-the-scenes tensions between the governor and the House Speaker, as well as, I'd say, some frustrations uh, between the House Speaker and the Senate President about the pace of work in the legislature, uh, more kind of at times the, the lack of pace. Yeah, and let's also turn to the GOP as well. Uh, Republicans, they're in the minority in both chambers at this point. Did they have any big victories or was this session mostly a wash for them, would you say? Well, they were certainly able to influence the budget process. Democrats ended up passing a majority budget earlier in the year because they were concerned about Republican opposition. But when the legislature came back and negotiated the secondary budget, they were able to, to win some concessions, one of which was increasing the uh, exemption for pension incomes on income tax. And that was, that was a, a big win for them. It was not nearly as big as what they had wanted. They wanted broad-based uh, cuts to Maine's income tax, and, and those did not happen. And they also led that push, or several Republicans led that push for changing the transportation funding mechanism that we have here. They also blocked uh, a number of gun bills. So there were not a lot of major victories, but they did have some some policy wins or certainly had an influence. And that's Maine Public's Kevin Miller. You can listen to our full Maine's Political Pulse podcast online. And be sure to sign up for our Pulse newsletter. That's all at mainepublic.org slash pulse.